Hello, welcome to another episode of Wendy Says Things. So today I want to talk about uh, energy work and how the use of gender in energy work because because there's no real gender in working with spirit except in the idea of yin and yang and and people's own self-definition of it like how basically how we express concepts um, how concepts are expressed to people that reflect their their reality and their self-definition and things like that so the the first thing I want to say about the use of gender in energy work is that overall a person's overall energy system is a is a moving yin-yang type concept so the use of male and female um, is used more like the yin and yang so where the yang energy is more active and the yin energy is more receptive and so oftentimes people will use male and female to represent that concept of um, activity versus receptivity. Um, what it doesn't mean, what it doesn't mean then, like so opposite of that, what it does not mean is that any male you come across doesn't have like a bigger yang side. Okay, at an energy level, <laughs> at an energetic level, when someone is healthy and balanced, they have balanced male and female energy no matter how they're presenting out into the world. So at the highest level of healing, there is not an imbalance of active energy and receptive energy. Even so, so and, and to say that, let's say you have somebody who is very introverted, they're a very passive person, their energy system, their spirit, may still be completely balanced and that that is what their balanced male-female energy looks like in the real world. So it you can't look at somebody and see how they're behaving and just then be like, that's a really gang person. That's not true at all because there's a lot of levels um, at the energetic level of what it means to be active and receptive or receptive and the presentation of a person in the real life like I said can have a very can can appear to be someone who is very active or very receptive and their their internal spiritual energy may be perfectly balanced uh, with their yin and yang energy so that's kind of the first thing I want to say I don't want people to get the wrong idea of what what that means to balance the male and uh, female energy within a, a person's energy system. <clears throat> so the other place that we use that sometimes is used uh, <clears throat> gender nominations, the, the naming of genders, which doesn't have to be because there are gender neutral terms for each quadrant. And that is um, the quadrant work. Um, so you have your parent energy, that's the nurturing, caretaking energy. You have your royalty energy, that's king or queen or simply royal. Um, that, that's the, the energy of deserving things. 
like the best of everything um, of overlooking and overseeing your kingdom which is your body your person your possessions um, there's the warrior energy which is about protecting yourself and your belongings and then there's the shaman energy which is how we access our mystical or spiritual healing self-healing properties um, the ability to empathize and to heal or to support healing for other people um, comes from that quadrant and you can use terms like you know witch or warlock or you could use terms like shaman or whatever the the only idea is that's kind of the magical mystical quadrant not that it's a gender specific thing so quadrant work can be done sometimes like I said if you're doing parent energy if I'm working in the parent quadrant with a person who self-identifies as mother or woman those may be the terms that I use for that but it doesn't change the work at all if I were to call it father energy or whatever so that's not kind of a gender thing except in the kind of expression to reflect back to the person their own role and and to talk about the concepts and the terms that they're comfortable and familiar with so the other places that gender is used in energy work is when it comes to lineage because on that every person has egg and sperm genetics that come into it and those genetics have a frequency and then how they come together has a frequency and when we work on an energetic level we, um, for lineage work uh, every person is kind of determined at a point to have the energy and the makeup that they have based on the egg and sperm that went into making them at a genetic level so that's definitely uh, a male female thing when it comes to talking about the egg and sperm, only because the egg came from uh, female genes and sperm came from male genes. For, so that's at a genetic level. That has nothing to do with orientation or gender of the identification of the person who contributed the egg or sperm. So on top of that, so you inherit, you inherit sometimes um, unhealed trauma or issues from those sources. Now, if you are adopted by one or more parent, then what you have is an additional energetic overlay um, that comes from those parents egg and sperm combinations, no matter what their gender identification or roles or whatever are. <clears throat> and then that overlay is also something that balances and sometimes it can exacerbate issues um, inherited from your own egg and sperm sources or it can mitigate that. And look, obviously, ideally, we hope that it's mitigating it um, so that your life is not as challenging um, so another place then is when we t in chakra energy and so this is going to come 
I want to start at the third chakra because the third chakra, which is the one, it's the navel chakra, which has to do um, with our place in the world. It has to do with our beliefs about ourselves and our role in life. And so this is where it can come into, we can get really get buffered by the fallacy and the farce that is um, social and cultural expectations of gender roles and confirmation, which uh, I call them farcical and, and they're fallacious um, because our idea, the modern idea, especially in modern US and especially in specific circles, has stripped away um, the nurturing aspect of, of male energy, which is, I think, where a lot where the toxic masculinity kind of comes from, because if you go back and look at words, because words hold a lot of secrets, um, if we look at them closely, and we look at the term um, husbandry. Husbandry um, is the tending and nurturing of land, animals, and people. And there's always been a masculine nurturing aspect to being male. <laughs> so the idea that there shouldn't be is ridiculous. So that's where that comes. And then, so of course you have mothering if you want, you know, if you have to have a gender thing, there's husbandry and mothering, um, which is better than wife because wife is only a term in relationship to a male or whatever, and mothering is a nurturing quality that's more intrinsic. Anyone can have a mothering quality, anyone can have a nurturing quality, anyone can have a husbandry quality, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can, the gender neutral term for that would be caretaking or nurturing. Um, anyone has access to that energy, everyone should be cultivating that energy um, because that's just what makes healthy it just makes ourselves healthy when we take care of the people around us, the people we're responsible for, the land that we have access to, and our own selves. So the other place where it gets tricky, um, let's go back to warrior, because even though it's a quadrant, uh, warrior has to do with, it's a first chakra also, protection. It's a non-gender concept. Um, you can hear this when people talk about somebody went all mama bear on somebody, somebody else, but everyone generally acknowledges the ferocity of the female protecting their young or their people. They're just, it's not a gender thing. It's a human thing. So... Every time we kind of allow that to pass without challenging it, the idea that nurturing is not masculine or that warrioring or being ferocious is a, a male thing and not a female thing, it's just false. chakra energy defining your own place in the world how you present yourself um, ridding yourself of false beliefs 
that you may have picked up along the way um, through media or watching television or whatever, um, defining your own role in the world, understanding that how you behave in a protective or nurturing way has zero, absolutely zero bearing on whether it's more or less male or female because those are human traits. I think that's really uh, kind of important for balancing that third chakra. Um, when it comes to the second chakra, which is the sexual and creative energy, we can go back to terms about active and receptive. You know, balanced sexual energy for one person may look quite different from balanced sexual energy from another person. Um, if you look, think of active versus receptive as like a teeter-totter, you know, for somebody it's balanced if it's more active and less receptive, and for another person it can be more active and less receptive. And again, it's not gender specific, whether you have a more active role in sexual relations or a more receptive role can mix it up. For some people, they change, whether they may be active sometimes and receptive other times, and other people have strictly defined, like I'm the person who is the doing person and you're the person who's the receiving person. And basically, how you balance and have a healthy um, sexual expression is just up to you, know, you. and in connection with the consenting adult that you are relating to. So you can work that out. Um, at an energetic level, there may be, you know, things to balance or process. It may not necessarily have any effect or change on the active and receptive preferences that people may or may not have in their sexual energy, the expression of. Um, when it comes to your primary chakra, then this is more about safety and security. So um, that's out for everybody. The primary chakra is about safety and security and getting your basic needs met. So having um, a non-conforming gender identity or um, living in a culture that has certain threats to ways of self-expression can adversely affect the primary chakra because there are these additional challenges to it, to balance in order to keep yourself safe. So now you're balancing your primary chakra about keeping yourself safe with your third chakra energy, which is what is your place in the world and how can you present yourself in an authentic way and, and keep yourself safe. And this is an on, ongoing dialogue, I think, and an ongoing challenge uh, for people who have uh, very real-world threats based on just how or who they were born into this world to be, whether it's a minority or whether it's, um, you know, like I said, non-conforming gender identities or, what, or, or whatever it is about them that makes them kind of unsafe because of institutional or cultural or societal beliefs that we should tell other people how to be or that we have to keep other, some people down so that other people can be successful. Um, these kind of outdated systems are in flux and whenever anything starts to change you have kind of a backlash of people who want to keep things the
the way that they are so they can continue to benefit from it and other people who are kind of like well no man you know we kind of all do better if we do better towards everyone so these are kind of you know at an energy energetic level getting really clear um, about how to make to secure your basic needs and to heal um, existential and very real threats or damage that was done uh, based on identity. So when we are balanced in the male and female, and this is going kind of back to the sperm and egg, like in the very genetic sense of it, um, through intergenerational trauma. As you go up the lineage, you see, you have, you got your egg from a genetically female body that was produced from a male, a sperm and an egg, which came from, each of those people came from a sperm and an egg. So anyway, back through, you've had thousands, tens of thousands of influences both male and female, into who you are today. And that goes if you have a, an adoptive overlay as well. Um, if there's been an imbalance, oftentimes we seek healthy individuals um, as mentors and teachers to guide us in places where we didn't have guidance <clears throat> and needed it or nurturing where we didn't have nurturing. and they're our friends and our mentors. Um, they may be a generation or two older than us, and we form these kind of deep friendships and relationships, not because they're a surrogate parent, but because the quality that they have that guides us is helpful and healing. So these are good kinds of friendships to have. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, adoptive parents having adoptive parents and gender kind of roles and place in society because this is in, informing our third chakra place in the world and beliefs about ourselves and our role in the world. And a lot of people, when they marry or get together, have kind of a predetermined idea about what that relationship is going to look like. So if you're a traditional male who's married a traditional female, you might have traditional ideas about male and female gender roles that harken back to the 1950s, which in and of itself, that kind of idea of the woman stays home and da-da-da, takes care of the family, and the man goes out and works, is, was also not true at the time, except for a very tiny segment of people. Um, it can be found throughout the world. Um, women in the Middle East, for instance, uh, took care of all the property like we're in charge of the land and agriculture and whatever so that the men could go and study. So this idea that they can't own property or take care of things or think about stuff is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, so you get married and you have this outdated traditional ideas of male and female things and it clashes because even the two people who are from traditional thinking might not see eye to eye on every detail of it because it's not a real thing. Um, other people get together and it just isn't, it just 
isn't like that. So in families where relationships are having the gender role, like who takes care of what conversations, every people who live together, roommates or whatever, have these conversations. Who's gonna vacuum, who's gonna do laundry, who's gonna dust, who's gonna clean the bathroom, who's gonna do the dishes, who's gonna make food, who's gonna do the grocery shopping. And sometimes it falls along gender roles and sometimes it doesn't. If you have a household of four male roommates, the person who's doing the cleaning up is not necessarily the woman of the thing, they're just the person who cleans. <laughs> it's, so you can see that like when you really analyze it, there's no truth to the kind of gender role thing. But so it's, what's important then is the discussions that take place and how we see ourselves and that it's not necessarily a male thing to be able to fix stuff and it's not a female thing to take care of stuff. These are human things that everyone is capable of doing. So if you have you know, two women who are raising a child, there's no lack of gender balance. This is what I'm getting to. On an energetic level, those two women have their own healthy balance of their yin-yang that balances each other. So in a healthy relationship, both people have healthy yin-yangs within themselves, and then when they're together, their energy, their together energy is also a balance of yin-yang. And it doesn't necessarily follow any kind of gender role, even if it's a male-female relationship this energy is going to balance. It's going to balance out somehow. It's either going to balance in a healthy way or balance in an unhealthy way. And that's not to say that not every relationship, every relationship is constant work and negotiation. Somebody might, something happen and it throws everything kind of out of kilter and you have to rebalance it. So what I'm saying is, in summation, that there's no gender in spirit. In spirit, we are all balanced of active and receptive energy, um, the issues of gender and identity come about with basically where it abuts against social and cultural norms that causes wounding and pain. And those can be healed and hopefully as a society and as a culture uh, we can evolve to where the understanding is that these things, that to protect and to nurture and to caretake are human traits, they're human qualities, and they are not gender specific. So that's kind of, there's more a little bit more about energy work um, on my YouTube channel. Um, there's a video there that's like, who, who am I in energy work? Um, there's diagrams and some discussion overall of structures or whatever, but I did want to spend a little bit of time on the use of gender and energy work when it comes to terminology and to the energetic formations or structures that are used in healing that mostly comes down to vocabulary as a way of um, expressing concepts rather than in um, a, a gender role type idea because that's not even applicable to the spirit so this has been another episode of when he says things thank you for tuning in have a great day